You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game and Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we get into tonight's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. We got an exciting guest with us this evening, an OG of the Panthers super fans, Mr. Greg Good Jr., a.k.a. Catman Jr. Greg, I want to start off with a little history here. We'd be remiss not to bring up your father. Uh, He attended every home game for the Panthers from 95 to 2018. He passed away in 2019. Greg, how did this Catman persona come to be? Hit it for us. I know there's fans out there that know about it, but for those that don't know about Catman, let, hit tell us what it's about. All right, so Catman is about one diehard fan who wouldn't have a seat. <laughs> and I was started with uh, he was standing up the whole game, you know, and one of the one of the uh, fans behind him, they said, "Hey, you up front, you know? How about to sit down so we can see the game, you know?" And, uh, you know, my dad continued to stand. And then he cracked a joke. He said, hey, you make a better door than you do a window. <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> head, you know, and, you know, my dad continued to stand. And, um, and then he yelled, hey, cat man, up front, you up front. And my dad turned around and, and had a seat. You know, he said, he looked at me. He said, you hear what he called me? He called me Catman. And then after that, bro, took off like a rocket, man. He he majored in art in school, so he designed the whole costume and everything. So. And when, when, when was that? Do you remember the year that happened? Like when? That was 1998. Damn. Okay. So we, so was... we had been going to the games for a few years. You know what I'm saying? Before mm-hmm. he turned into Catman, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's awesome. That's I'm, I'm, I'm glad we cleared there. There. I know, I know it went up at one of the games and everything, but I just wanted to hear it. And before we get into um, some of the day of news, uh, I'm sure I'm hoping we're all praying here that Nicole Tepper is listening in tonight. Cause we know Nicole <laughs> Tepper loves her some cat, man. So if you are listening in tonight, Nicole, we love you. And, uh, we really want to know why the hell you like Greg so much. <laughs> but we'll just keep it there. Well, guys, hey, I can I can tell you the I can tell you the story on that, man. So, yeah, go ahead. So uh so I had met Mr. Temper, you know, uh and uh he was a real nice guy. I met him at Matt Rule's press conference. Mm. And um so some time went by, uh the season had started or whatever, and I've been dressed all crazy. And she sees me and she's like, oh, my gosh, look at him, you know. And she comes over and, uh, you know, asks me what's going on with everything or whatever. So that game, after the game, I think that was when we played uh, the Saints. Okay. After that, the second game. After that game, I saw them together, you know, on the exit. They were in their car, you know. They get escorted out by the police and stuff. So mm-hmm. they turned the lights on. I look up. And they stopped the car and rolled the window down. And uh, she tried to introduce me to him, you know. 
And he was like, well, I already know who that is. And she was like, dang, you know, and ever since then, she tried to make sure she come up. That's awesome. That's that's so freaking cool. Well, guys, we got a lot to talk about tonight. The Panthers had a bye week, bye week last week. Yep. And just when you thought this team couldn't lose the bye week, they do. They they put McCaffrey on IR, Dante Jackson on IR. And then this past Sunday, when you thought maybe they weren't going to cut bait with any of the staff because it seemed like it was too late in the bye, Joe Brady gets let go as offensive coordinator. We can talk about the injuries. We'll get to those in just a bit. But let's start with Joe. Just initial reactions. We'll go with you, Bryson, first. Yeah, um, I, I want to go back real quick to something you said. You said just when you thought the Panthers couldn't lose the bye week, I had no question in my mind that they couldn't lose the bye week. I thought if any team was going to do it, it was going to be the Carolina Panthers. So uh, just throw that out there. But, um, yeah, I think the, the Joe Brady move was um, Matt Rule trying to do something to, one, save his job, and, two, Get, energize the offense. I mean, obviously the offense has struggled since Joe Brady has got here. Um, whether that be his play calling, I don't necessarily believe, or the quarterback play, which I think more plays into the struggles that we've had on offense. Um, you know, I, I think in in uh, in the whole grand scheme of things, I think Joe Brady is a scapegoat here. Uh, that I don't I don't necessarily be, uh, believe that Joe Brady is a as a bad offensive coordinator, but maybe the fit just wasn't right for the Carolina Panthers and the style of offense that Matt Rule wants to run. You know, we he's gone back and forth every week. It seems like uh, he wants to run the ball 30 to 33 times a game. And um, Joe Brady's, you know, throwing it on first down and, and taking deep shots and just, they don't, they don't end up getting that those numbers in the run game that Matt Rule talks about every week that he wants. So maybe that played into it a little bit, but, uh, I mean, there's buzz. I've, I've seen buzz around Twitter and like reports that um, multiple colleges have reached out to uh, Joe Brady already for head coaching opportunities. And and even I think Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk said that there is talk about him being a head coach in the NFL this upcoming offseason. So um, I think teams have seen like like we talked about before, Sam Darnold, like there were receivers open almost every game that Sam Darnold missed wide open possibly for touchdowns um, like play a game after game after game after game. So I don't think it was, um, you know, Joe Brady's bad play calling necessarily. That was the only reason for the offense struggling, but it, I just, you know, I, I think at this point it was just time to move on and try something different. And we get uh, Matt rules, best friend, the offensive coordinator. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it, it was, it was time to make a move and I, but I don't want to put all the blame on Joe Brady as, pretty much what I'm saying for yeah. the offensive offensive failures of this team so far um, in Matt Rule's tenure. Greg? And I have to agree with Bryson, man. I feel like he was a scapegoat. I, you can't blame Joe Brady. I mean, I think personally he called good plays. You know, when you got when you got Sam Darnold leading the NFL and rushing touchdowns, yeah. that is good play calling because a lot of those early touchdowns that he ran in caught everybody off guard. You know, he mm -hmm. called good plays. I just feel like at times, like Bryson has said, man, they didn't execute them. It's every every game, somebody is open, you know, and he just not hitting them. Uh, I credit it to the offensive line play, too. You know what I'm saying? Shuffling them up every game mm -hmm. uh, makes it tough. Falling behind makes it tough. 
you know, and then the turnovers make it tough. But he wasn't completely at fault. Only thing I blame him for is I don't feel like he utilized everybody to their strength. You know what mm. I'm saying? Uh, mm. Robbie Anderson, he ran one deep route all season. That was the first game. You know, ever the day and his slants and hitches and post corners and screens. I mean, that's not his game. His game is to go run fast, go straight. You know, mm. pull the defense with you. You know, because my dad, uh, he lightened the butt. That's what my dad used to say with, with receivers like that. Yeah. Like they, 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 they ain't breaking no tackles. Just let him run. You know, he's like an antelope. You know, let him run and and pull the defense with him. And if they sleep on him, hit them deep. But we haven't been doing that. Uh, the aggressiveness, no spark. Just like all the stuff he said, man, it's just time to move on. But I feel like it could have waited to the end of the season. I don't like firing coaches during the season. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and I thought I, – I was thinking that too. It's like, well, does does Matt Rule, you know, think this team can make a push to the playoffs by getting rid of Joe Brady now? I don't know. I I, I feel like if they would made it, you could have waited to the end. But, I mean, I was – I've been – I've been defend, – I, I defended Joe Brady this year. I thought – Bryson had mentioned it a lot already, but I thought he pl- – I thought he had decent play calls at times. I just don't think him and Rule really saw eye to eye. Um, I was looking at some of their past games. The two game, the most recent two games they won, they ran the ball more than 33 times. Every other game they lost, they didn't run the ball 33 times. They ran it 20, 15, 17. And that was something big Matt Rule wanted. He said it like week four or five, one of those games. I can't remember if they're the Eagles game or the Cowboys might have been the Cowboys game. And that really name never came to fruition with Joe Brady. And I, again, there are things that come into play there. The offensive line shakeups, turnovers, guys not executing on offense, Sam Darnold throwing the ball away and throwing it to the defenders. So that all plays into it. I think, you know, Matt Rule, you know, through his evaluation, thought there needed to be a change and maybe this will spark this offense. It's hard to say though, because this team, there's so many deficiencies on offense that I don't know how much this is really going to help. You know what I mean? Like Cam Newton's already trying to, you know, learn his own, learn the playbook and now you're shaking it up already and taking Joe Brady out of there that he was trying to learn this offense. So that that's going to be tough. I mean, that that's no easy task, but I do think this team, can succeed running the ball. I really do. I know people won't like that. It's the the typical boring Panthers look where they're running the rock all the damn time and not airing it out. But I think that's where they will succeed, and it's proven this year that it works when they can run the ball. So uh, I, I, might, I might argue with you on that point just because the offensive line is so bad. They have been able to run the ball at times against very poor um, rush defenses, but – um, I think per football focus has the Carolina Panthers offensive line with uh, rush block win rates at 28th in the NFL right now. And lo- losing Christian obviously is going to hurt. Um, oh yeah. Uh, two, I don't, I just don't know if like, this is a run game that you want to give 35 carries to a game. Like we saw the Patriots play Monday night. They ran the ball 40 sometimes and threw three passes. Like 
Matt Rule was watching that game and got a boner um, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of offense he, he wants to run. But uh, I just – I don't think that this I, – I think what they need to do is 1,000% run RPO more with Cam because that's – I mean, that's that's going to be your offense right there. I mean, like the Dolphins do it with Tua, and Tua really isn't that much of a running threat. And they don't even have a, a good running back, really, in um, Miami. I mean, Gaskin's all right, I guess, but mm-hmm. – um, I think if they can if they can factor in the RPO more into the offense, it's going to open things up more because Cam Newton still can run the ball. Like he's shown that with this short yeah. period short period of time here, he can still run the ball. And then Chuba and Amir Abdullah like are are competent running backs enough to be able to factor into an RPO play as well. So like, um, and then you got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, obviously. So I think the RPO is hopefully something that they're going to be using more because um, that's what that's what Cam's done his whole career in the NFL, really. And he's good at it, so let him let him do that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree there. I just think passing the ball forty times a game isn't a recipe for this team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Cam Newton is set up to run this run game, and he'll add an element to it because he can run himself, which I think will help. Um, but again, I think Joe Brady he's going to land on his feet. He was, you know, he was a big name coming out of college, and Matt Rule said he. You know, he went out of his comfort zone and took a chance. And that was one thing I thought was interesting is, did Matt Rule have outside pressure to go get Joe Brady? Because it's weird that he took everyone from college with him. Phil Snow is D coordinator. Why didn't he go with Jeff Nixon to start? Because he's comfortable with him. And was there pressure from Tepper to say, hey, let's go and get this premier you know, the Sean Payton tree, LSU, you know, play caller, basically. I mean, oh, he was the off or the passing coordinator, but it just seemed weird that they didn't have Joe Nixon from the start then because Matt Rule is very loyal to his guys. So why not? That I just thought that was weird when or when he brought that up this week in the press. Or did anyone? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was weird. And I, you know, I was even surprised that Jeff Nixon was the interim uh, offensive coordinator because, I mean, back when we were talking about it before, I was on the Sean Ryan train, uh, the, the quarterback's coach, but I guess he wanted to keep him in the quarterback's room, in the quarterback room with Cam. Um, I think Sean Ryan would be a, a pretty good offensive The thing coordinator. I think, though, that helps is Sean Ryan's never called plays. This guy knows, like, he has his own system in ready. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, he called plays for Baylor in college, but like, um, Sean Ryan's been in the NFL forever. So, um, and he, you know, he was a quarterback coach for Matt Stafford and I think Eli Manning and just like, he's been around. So like, he knows, I'm sure he knows how to call plays, but, um, but yeah, I, I, that was a little surprising to me when they said Jeff Nixon, but yeah, I mean, he was his offensive coordinator at Baylor. And like you said, he's loyal to his guys. So, um, if Matt rule is anything, it is definitely loyal to his fellow football coaches that have been with him everywhere. So, um, that is the truth. While we're sticking on that point, Catman, you can answer here in a little bit, but we got to talk about Joe Brady's third quarter because we were, I mean, we, we did give him a little praise here. These, these last couple are this first question, but that team was terrible in the third quarter. Awful. I, I will pull these stats up while, when Catman jumps in here, but they were God awful in the third quarter this year. And they were bad last year in the third quarter. That was one thing they've struggled with these last two seasons is, do you think that's Joe Brady's fault Catman, Or is that, you know, just a culmination of a lot of things? Uh, man, honestly, man, I'm gonna have to put that one on his shoulders. I feel like 
come in out of halftime, that's your adjustment moment. That's when you throw in your wrinkles, throw in your your whatever you got cooking, whatever's up under your sleeve. That's when it comes out. And when we fail to see it time and time again, I mean, the 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 fake punts, uh, Chase Blackburn has stuff up his sleeve. You know, uh, we haven't seen a flea flicker or any kind of some razzle when you need it, you know. And I put that on the play calling because while we watching the game, we see <laughs> these these guys ain't, ain't cutting it, you know. So, I mean, coaches coach and players play. Can't put too much on them because you still got to execute. But man, not being able to score points in the third quarter is. Yeah, and there's a, there was a few of those games this year a couple of weeks ago where they got the ball on the. Uh, the opposing teams like 40 yard line and they couldn't score anything out of that. Like that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that can't happen. But going back to that stat, I, I put the, I was writing these down today. The Panthers scored 28 points total this year in the third quarter and seven points was off of a returned. A, one was returned for a touchdown. I think it was off of a, uh, pick or a fumble so that wasn't even the offensive score so the offense has yeah. only scored 21 points this year in the third quarter that is atrocious now how that much are we getting outscored by? i had i didn't look that up but i'm sure it's it's off the charts and yeah. usually carolina wins when they win the third quarter like that we used, we used to be a second half team mm-hmm. you know but now man if we don't jump on them we're gonna lose and yeah, and and to be fair to the offense, the defense has been atrocious in the third quarter most of the year too. Going into the fourth quarter, like, but uh, I, I blame that on. Look, I play defense. Look, if y'all can't, we the defense gets tired faster than the offense does. Yeah, you know, and if because we chasing the ball, if y'all can't stay on the field and let us let us breathe, at at, at some point we're gonna break, and that's just is what it is. Mm. Yeah. I'll give one thing Joe I thought did a decent job with is the team seemed like they always started off but like the first quarter they come out and score a touchdown you're like oh this this game could be and then it just like Washington the whole game plan just gets thrown <laughs> out the window I don't I never understood that with this team but that that's kind of been the story all year they're good at scoring that maybe the first two drives will get a touchdown between the two but I mean it makes it oh they might they might they might handle themselves this game and then just the whole freaking all the wheels fall off. Yeah. So. I think, I think this coaching staff as a whole from Joe Brady to Phil Snow to Matt rule struggles, making adjustments in game, like versus any, co- like he, they got out coached by Nick Sirianni. They got out coached by Joe judge. They, I mean, week after week opponent, opponent head coaches are making adjustments in game. And it seems like the Panthers fail to readjust or, you know, counter that adjustment. Um, that the opposing team finds a weakness in the Panthers defense or, you know, the offense or the, the Panthers offense. So I, I think that as a whole, this whole entire coaching staff needs to get better. Yeah. yeah. In, in game adjustments are huge like that. Yeah. I mean, that'll make you break you as a, as a coach and a team, like you, you got to make those. And there are, there are guys, there are guys that are wonderful at it in the league where the, I mean, they'll just, uh, Sean McVay's one of them. I mean, they'll be playing like dog shit the whole game, and all of a sudden, boom! In the third quarter, after halftime, it's a whole different team. So they got they got a they got to adjust. And I was listening to Trey Boston. He was on a 
I think a show radio, I don't know if it's radio show or what, I think it was last week. And they asked, they talked about him and Matt are about Matt rule and the decision to fire Joe Brady. And one thing he said was Matt rule is he likes, he's like it, he wants to be, it's his way or the highway sort of thing. And I thought that was interesting that he doesn't like to steer away from his, his vision and whatever. And I I'm sure that bleeds into the game plan and everything else. So I just thought that was interesting because Trey played with him for a season. So he, that's a little bit of insight into that. Um, Bryson, you mentioned Jeff Nixon played with, played with Matt rule for three years at Baylor. They were a power run offense. I think they averaged like four. Don't quote me on this. I think it was like 420 yards a game offensively. Uh, kind of middle of the pack of like the top, I think like 50 or top 25, top 30 teams, I think it was. Um, so I, I'm just interested to see what what comes of it. Jeff Nixon, he played, he had a role at the senior bowl. I, I, I had brought up a video on our Twitter about it. He came in because Joe Brady had COVID. So Joe Brady couldn't go to the senior bowl. So Jeff Nixon was actually helping run that offense. So maybe you get a little taste there. Guys, I wanted to ask you this. Is it too late for this offense to turn things around right now? Got a new coach coming in. It seems like they're going to stick together a very similar offense. It's just what kind of plays they're going to be calling. I mean, you can't change the whole shit right now. It's just too late in the season. But is it too late right now for this for this offense to turn things around? Um, I, I don't think so, but it, it's going to be very hard just because of the – lack of talent they have on the offensive line. Um, that really just puts a, a damper on the whole entire offense. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see Deontay Brown get some playing time. I'd like to see Christensen play at left tackle. Uh, I'd like to, you know, see, see the young guys out there and um, get John Miller the hell off my offensive line, get Dennis Daly the hell off my offensive line. Like, um, yeah, th- those guys – I don't what know about how Irving. – Cam Irving, yeah, get him the hell off my offensive line. I don't know. Irving might be decent at a guard, a guard position. Like, why not try him at guard? He's an athletic, you know, offensive lineman. I mean, at, that's probably the biggest compliment you can give him is he's athletic. I don't know if he's any good, but um, he's, you know, he's he's got the build of an athletic offensive lineman, I guess. Um, so did yeah, he play guard at Dallas? I thought I don't know if he played tackle. I think that oh, yeah. he did. Yeah, he was like their swing tackle, I think, um, in in Dallas, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, fucking try some different shit. Like, our offensive line is dog shit. Like, that, like the Dolphins embarrassed us. Like, the, I mean, the Panthers could have pressed charges against the Dolphins for assault in that game, the way that they were getting thrown around on defense and on offense. Like, it's it was terrible. And, um, you know, I think if they can figure out something that works in the offensive line, then it's going to make the, the offense as a whole look a lot better. That That's a challenge that I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome this year. Mm-hmm. Greg, you think they can turn this ship around on offense? I mean, I think so. I think so. I really do. I feel like if you tweak a little things and and, and, and always when a coach gets fired, it shakes up the locker room. You know, it's time to, you know, do your job. You feel me? Like somebody just got fired. So step it up, bro. You know what I'm saying? So. I think that'll have something to do with it. Man, we need to win a home game, bro. Like, mm-hmm. we got a home game Sunday, man. We ain't won at home since since week two. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, 
So that we've got, I think, I feel like we're going to run the football Sunday a lot. Like Bryson said, we need to be RPO, run pass option. <laughs> run it the whole game. We saw the, we saw New England do it. They ran the ball the whole game. He threw three passes, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and they won. So you can win, play good defense, run the ball, don't turn it over. You can win. So, I mean, you know what? I got to change my statement. Yeah, I blame Joe Brady because <laughs> he didn't do that. He didn't yeah. run the ball. He he wasn't calling run plays. And even when the run don't work, you got to stick with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially on first down. Run it. Run it. See what you get. Then, you know, get rolling. You see what you're going through. But, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think we Yeah, one thing, too, and going back to Joe, sorry, you – made me think of something and me and Bryson talked about this a few times throughout this season when watching games together, Joe would, and I didn't see this a lot with other teams and maybe just because this team struggled offensively to get a first down, but mm-hmm. it'd be second and one and they'd be running to Sam Darnold QB sneak. And most teams, the good teams, that's when they're doing the play action deep pass or the, you know, so that was, that was always weird to both, to both of us during the games. This yeah. team, yeah, this team needed a first down so bad they were not they were not messing around on second and one. They wanted that first down. They didn't care, so they they did that quarterback or yard. He probably learned his lesson or, or other plays. He they try to get cute. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I remember last it was what was it third and some change and they pitched the ball back. We didn't get it. Why you just go straight? You got Cam mm-hmm. Newton he's six five. He can fall and get three yards. Yeah, you know like. And I and I and I feel like they they should have kept the recipe how they did in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Start PJ, let Cam play, but start PJ when we get in the red zone. Cam, go ahead, you know, or get inside mm-hmm. the five. I said inside the five, not the red zone. Inside the five, yeah, Cam, go do your thing. But other than that, man, I think PJ should have got the start. He undefeated, y'all. He ain't lost. You know what I'm saying? So I would like to see him go out there and win. Yeah, Matt Rule mentioned that this week. He's it was funny because David Newton asked him again, "Hey, is Cam going to start?" And yeah. Rule's like, "Well, I don't want to tip my hand." And then he basically tipped his hand and said, "Cam Newton was starting." And he said, yeah, "Cam's going to probably be the starter." We don't know about PJ yet. I don't know. I feel I feel like they'll stick with Cam. You didn't come in and bring him in and pay him ten mil to yeah. only come in with five yards out. I mean, I I see that though. I it was successful, and I thought PJ had some flashes. And when PJ knows he's the starter and practices all week that he's the starter, I feel like he plays better. When he comes in during a game, he looks he's just not he's not ready. I agree. I mean, I agree. Throwing picks and just looks like shit. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I I. I, I don't know about about ever starting PJ over Cam. I don't know. I, w- one thing, uh, Catman, I don't know if you know about me, is that I'm a, I'm a very big uh, Cam Newton fan. So um, <laughs> I was a, even a Cam Newton fan when he was in New England. I wanted, you know, I was cheering for him up there. But, uh, but yeah, I I just think Cam brings so much more than PJ does. And I, I Cam had a, a terrible game. Like, I, I can't – like, even I can't deny he had a terrible game against Miami. But literally his offensive line was – I mean, they had offensive linemen that graded a zero on Pro Football Focus. How the hell do you even do that? Like, I can get a zero. I, I me going into the NFL on the offensive line, I can grade as a zero. Like, I, I don't get how Trent Scott got a zero, but it was bad. Um, man. Yeah. Was bad. Can I ask you a question, <laughs> um, right quick? Yeah. When has the last time 
they put a win and loss column under the offensive lineman. I mean, Cam's last 10 starts, he done lost them. Now, I don't know if you know, I'm a big Cam Newton fan too. Like, I didn't cheer for him in New England. Yeah. But I was happy we had him all this time and happy he came back, and I still am. Yeah. You know, that's Cam freaking Newton now. You know what I'm saying? He ain't no slouch. But he just can't get in the win column, man. I don't know why. Yeah, I you know I it it, it is a team sport though at the end of the day and it, yeah. if you're if your team's everybody around you is struggling like at, versus Miami the defense didn't play that great the offensive line did not play great the wide receivers DJ Moore dropped two balls on, on the opening drive like nobody played good, nobody against, played good. against Miami nobody. so um but yeah I mean like Washington um uh that loss I think the team played all right. I mean, Taylor Heineke was dicing up the defense for a lot of the game, though. That that pissed me off because I do not like Taylor Heineke. Um, but, yeah, I I think Cam, as long as, you know, offensive line can decently block and his wide receivers catch the ball, I think Cam can win a game. Um, but it's just everything has to come together. And uh, the defense has to get back on the roll that they were on at the start of the season, which I think that they might, um, you know, get a little more juice. Honestly, I think that, like, I, I don't like seeing players get hurt, but I think the Dante Jackson injury is going to give um, maybe the Panthers a, a boost because he's been struggling so bad. Um, I think Stephon Gilmore is going to get more playing time now. And then C.J. Henderson and uh, Keith Taylor, Taylor are two corners that I have – Keith Taylor, I don't, I don't like him out there on the field, man. You don't like Keith Taylor? Nah. Oh, he's, man. Long, he's long and lanky and tall and stuff. But I think he needs some more time, you know, learning. Yeah, yeah I think he's got flat. Like he, he'll, I'm sure he'll be exposed a little bit because he, yeah. he's going to take on a bigger role. But yeah. I feel like he's shown flashes where he's he can hold his own at times. But again, you're going to see struggles too. But Stephon Gilmore coming back, I think. I mean, being, I think he's going to be full strength and they got to play him, man. Like, yeah, he's yeah. not playing. They, he needs to that stay groin out injury, there. though. That's, I mean, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not no a football player, but I feel yeah. like a groin injury is not a easy one to deal with when you're a corner because you're twisting yeah. and turning and true that, true that. Everything I just feel like, like that. CJ Henderson, Stephon, and AJ, mm-hmm. those three guys. Yeah. And, and then, then Keith JC. will come in, a, a, in and, a, on the rotation there. So yeah, and if JC comes back, uh, if, I mean, if we end up winning a couple games and we're making I think a push, JC's on ice, man, put him on ice next year. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him coming back unless they do win a couple games. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If if they win a couple games and they're making a playoff push and he's like close, I think that, that he might try to come back. But but guys, let's know. let's let's go. I want to go back to the Walker Newtons. Just a scenario. This is a hypothetical, and maybe this is a dumb question. If Carolina was is more successful and they play like they did versus Arizona with Walker starting, Cam coming in the red zone. You you what you still wouldn't want that Bryson. You what you want Cam Newton the starter. I feel like maybe that's a dumb question. <laughs> uh, I, I'm confused. You said what, what? What? Ask your question again. If if the PJ Walker and Newton combination of having them both play is successful, why not stick with it? Sorry, maybe that's the better way to phrase it. Um. Well, one one you already mentioned. They paid him to come start, and, I, and I'm sure that's what the. Uh, the parameters were of him coming here. I don't think he came here to be a backup. So um, that that's one thing. Uh, two, I just – like, I think it's pretty easy to tell that Matt Rule doesn't fully trust P.J. Walker to start a full game 
um, and and lead his team. I you know he did against the Lions last year, um, but I I think Matt Rule like PJ Walker was in a quarterback contest with Will Greer and like barely beat him out. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't a uh, like he was much better than Will Greer kind of thing. Like Will Greer showed flashes too. So I, I I don't think that. PJ Walker is a you know a starting quarterback in, in the NFL. I, I think he's a serviceable serviceable backup, and and that's his role. So I, I think Cam Newton is the starter, and I think he deserves to be the starter. And you know he's he's Cam Newton, so uh, I don't think he's one hundred percent washed like a lot of people are trying to make it out to be. Um, it was a bad game all around in Miami, and I admit that. But um, he's got five more games to show us what he can do, and I think that he's going to play well. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I hope everyone has a bounce back game because that was just pitiful. Let's go to Matt Rule because when you fire a coach, it's never good. Where what does this move mean for Matt Rule? It seems like the seats are getting hot in the building. Um, we'll start with you, Greg. What, what what do you think of Matt Rule? We need to get you on the air. What's your thoughts? People know what me and Bryson think, but what what do you think of Matt Rule? And do you think he deserves another season after this, no matter what happens in these last five games. Okay. I'm going to go on record. I like Matt Rule. I think he's a decent coach. Uh, his first year, he came in with a lot of aggressiveness. When I say that, I mean trying to win. You know, a lot of, a lot of going for it on fourth down, a lot of fake punts. We ran a lot of that last year, you know. So I saw him in his first year just try to win. You know, we got we got five. You know, right now we're sitting at five with five more. So it's a possibility that we could go, you know, win 10 games. You know, uh, next year I see him get keeping his job. You know, he at least needs four seasons to, to really be like, okay, this ain't it. You know what I'm saying? His first season, I won't count that because of COVID. You know, so this really is his first full real season. You know what I'm saying? So, so far it ain't been great, but it ain't been terrible. You know, we done played some poor games. We done show flashes of being able to win some games too. So give him the rest of this season and next season. Now, if next season goes poor, then it might be time to go. You might get to skip your last, your, your fourth season. You know, Because Tepper said he wanted to win back-to-back seasons. Uh, you know, and win a Super Bowl, which that's everybody, and and just be consistent. You know what I'm saying? So we haven't had a winning season. We probably well, we might have one. We may not. More than likely not. You know what I'm saying? And 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 then next year, if we don't have a winning season, then I he officially be on my hot seat. You know what I'm saying? So, Bryson. Um, I think a, a lot depends. Uh, so looking at the micro, uh, micro of this situation, I think if they come out Sunday and they lose to Atlanta at home, his seat goes from like a three or four on, on a scale of one to 10 to like a eight or nine on the hotness. Um, I'm not sure if he makes it, makes it through the week if they lose to Atlanta, um, at home. Uh, and, and like Greg said earlier, they haven't won since week two. They're coming off of a bye. This is a must win if they have any hopes of staying in the playoff chase at all. Um, I do not know if, if, he, if Tepper puts up with it. But uh, 
Macro, though, I think, you know, I think the these last five games are, are going to say a lot. I think, if you know, if we win in Atlanta and, you know, we – which, you know, let, let's be real here. They're probably not going to beat the Bucks at all. Um, they're probably not going to beat the Bills. So, if they can beat the Saints and the Falcons, um, then, then, you know, I think he keeps his job and they roll in the next year with him. But I just – I have not seen anything – to convince me that he is a good head coach. I have, I, I haven't. And I, you know, he's had last year. Yes, it was COVID. Um, but he's on his second year. Um, he's had a while to install his um, culture. And I just, I, I haven't seen anything that, that makes me say, wow, this guy has qualities of being a Super Bowl winning head coach, because at the end of the day, that's the goal. And I just – I don't see it with Matt Rule, and I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I mean, I hope they go on a five-game winning streak, make the playoffs, and go to the Super Bowl, and Matt Rule shuts my ass up. But I just I, – I don't see it, and I think that the best thing for Carolina to do, in my opinion, would to be move, to move on from Matt Rule after this season, unless they do go on a winning streak, then I'll eat my words. But um, to, to move on and then just look for a coach that's had, you know, experience at NFL, not necessarily head coaching, but, like, Offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, or maybe even you know people that have had head coaching jobs before, like Josh McDaniels and um, at the Patriots. Or I, I personally, I love Byron Leftwich. Uh, Curtis knows my connection with him. Uh, he went to my school, my college. To um, and then you know he's a he's an offensive coordinator for a Super Bowl winning team, so um, he, he knows what he's doing. So I don't know. In, in my opinion, I don't think Matt Rule is the answer for Carolina. And I think they should move on after this season, but. I guess it's to be seen. Yeah, I I got a lot of flack on Twitter last week. Yes, you I, did. <laughs> I posted unpopular opinion. Matt Rule deserves three three seasons. Deserves might have been the wrong word to use there, but I'll fall on the sword with it. I'm I'm with Greg on this one. I I think any coach in most situations deserves three seasons to to do to in, implement their own system, their own brand, all the shit Matt rule preaches about and to bring in their own players. Cause it takes time. And I feel like Carolina lost a shit ton after 2019. There was a lot of key captain, key leadership pieces. They lost. Now they decided to go their own route and get rid of Cam Newton. But besides Cam, they lost, they lost a lot of guys, Luke Keekley. Is another one. I mean, he was a pivotal piece of that defense. No one thought that was going to happen. So I felt like Matt Rule really brought got this team and brought and is trying to build them from the ground up. And that's the kind of way I look at it. They had they had Brian Burns in there when he came in, but there was not a whole hell of a lot. The defense was terrible. They were god awful defense, young, inexperienced. And in two years, Matt Rule has solely focused on the defense. He's tried to add pieces on the offense, but he has put invested heavily in the defense and they've went from a pretty mediocre, shitty defense last year to a decent defense this year. They're not great. They showed flashes of greatness this year, but they're not great yet, but they've improved. I think they've improved significantly, significantly from last year, but he hasn't, he hasn't invested a lot on offense. He, he, he's, he's failed at the quarterback position. And that is worrisome. He's had two shots now at quarterback. He's had Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was a fuck up. He should have never done it. That guy, 
just a dumbass mistake on his part. And Teddy Bridgewater, I'm still trying to figure out if that was fully his decision. I've seen reports by guys who, from what I understand, have pretty good sources that I heard that Marty Herney had a big role in Bridgewater and he, he was hoping Bridgewater would save his job as a GM. And then I've also seen other guys who have really good sources that say this was a Matt rule decision. So who, who was the Teddy Bridgewater decision? I'm sure they had each had a role in it, but there's, there was a fuck up there. So he's had two strikes on quarterback. I think he's got to get it right this next year. And I think he should, I think he should get that third season. I always go back to this. Sorry, I'm getting long winded, but Ron Rivera, I I feel like is a, is a good Testament his first two years, he was six and 10, seven and nine. And Ron Rivera, and I, I can't pull it up, but they were, they had a late buy his second year as well. I think it was week 12. And Carolina was bad at that point. They were, I can't remember the record. I'm not looking at it right now, but they were not very good. And there were a lot of people that wanted Ron Rivera gone. Now, after the buy, Ron Rivera went on a win streak. He won, I think they won the last like five or six or something like that. They ended up finishing seven nine. So they were terrible up to that point. And they went on a win streak. I think it's important that Matt Rule wins a few games here. I do think the Atlanta game is big for him. But I think fans, a lot of the fans just need to be patient. I really do. Because a lot of people weren't patient with Ron. And it ended up working out. And the guy brought him to a Super Bowl. Now, he wasn't the greatest. They, he had his own deficiencies. And we can go on and on, him not protecting Cam Newton and whatever, and the offensive corner and all that. But Ron Rivera brought this team to a Super Bowl. He's, he's a pretty damn good coach. And he's doing pretty good things right now with a, a decimated team in Washington. So yeah. I, think, I think we just need to be patient. I think give Matt Rule the three seasons. I do think he needs to progress. He's – Catman brought it up. He had five wins last year. He's got five right now. I think he needs to he needs to get a couple more. I don't think playoffs are going to happen this year. But if they can come out and build some momentum going into next season, I feel like that will calm calm the waves a little bit. There's going to be the fans. There are fans out there who didn't want Matt Rule the fucking day one he got in the building. So I don't care about them. Um, I just want to throw that out there, but. It is what it is, and I'm going to move on because that and was too I, damn long. <laughs> I think uh, I think you can argue that Matt Rule has made four bad decisions at quarterback, in my opinion. So the first thing was I want to co- coach Cam Newton when he got here, and then they move on from Cam. Um, the second one was signing Teddy Bridgewater. The third one was trading for Sam Darnold, which you were always against. Like, I give you props, Curtis. I was, like, kind of in favor of it just because I didn't want Teddy Bridgewater again. But turns out it was a mistake, and I was hoping that Matt Rule could – and this coaching staff could uh, make him decent, but that's failed. And then um, passing on Justin Fields because no, they that's had Sam a valid Darnold. point. That's a valid. So point. Yep. that's four four bad quarterback quarterback decisions um, from your head coach. And you got to throw some, Mac Jones in there too. He passed on a guy who they that's had. True. That's and true. They coached him in like so they they had. That's another thing is. They had like they they coached with him at the Senior Bowl, so they had more time with him. Like, I I don't I don't get that, but that's a whole other conversation too. But yeah, he they got to get the quarterback right. There is no doubt about that. That's the most important position on the field. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. And it's just it's weird how they have approached that because it seems like, and we, me and you have talked about this. Sorry, we're going on a tangent here, but 
it feels like Matt Rule wanted to start with the defense first and then try to patchwork the quarterback position as long as he could and get like a bridge quarterback and a bridge quarterback, and it just never worked out. And like a lot of rookie coaches, that's the first thing they do. They're getting a rookie quarterback or they're trading for some big name guy in free agency. And I feel, I feel like Matt Rule didn't do that. So well, they tried for Matt Stafford. Yeah, they did try yeah. for Stafford and he just, he said, hell no. <laughs> he said, I, Nope, I'm good. Which I get. I mean, if you looked, you look at the talent of the Rams, you looked at the talent of the Panthers at the time, the Panthers were a young, maybe up and coming team. You didn't, there was a lot of unknowns and Rams had already established a bunch of shit. So it's like, do you really blame them? Like, so I don't know. Sorry, Catman, you have any reaction to what I had to say? I feel like me and you, you said four years, which I, I don't know if I didn't have, I muted myself and I was like, whoa, four years. I haven't heard that. This might be the second time I have to retract my statement. Uh, Bryson said something that, that holds a lot of weight, man. If we lose to the Falcons at home, coming off a bye, man, his seat might heat up. Yeah. Because I know it's going to be That's the second game. time you retracted shit, man. I know, man. But when I sit here and think about it, that's yeah. a valid point, man. We can't keep losing at home like this. Yeah, that you was know, embarrassing. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. It is embarrassing. It's going to be a tough, especially after y'all already beat them at their house. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you let them come home and, and beat y'all up after losing after getting after losing the Tampa. Mm-hmm. And oh, and another thing, I feel like at the end of the day, any given Sunday, and if we can if we can just win one at a time, like really, truly, really believe one at a time, because Cam never lost to Tom Brady before. That's you know true. What I'm so I'm not sitting here saying the bus gonna beat us. <laughs> now, guys, yeah. wouldn't this be the shit? I saw someone, I think someone posted this on Twitter, so I won't take the credit for it. But watch Carolina go undefeated in division and not make the playoffs. <laughs> Has that, that ever happened? Because I wonder if that's ever happened in the I would be, I be one mad individual. <laughs> hey, but but at least we'd have bragging rights uh, with, with our uh, you know divisional rivals. But that that'd be it. But they could be like, yeah. I mean, but that's yeah. yeah. I don't even want to be able to say that. <laughs> well, while we're on the conversation of playoffs, this goes this goes to my next question. Do you think it's still this team could still push for the playoffs? Or you guys think hope all hope is lost and let's focus on the draft? No, oh, absolutely. This team could still push for a playoff spot. I mean, look at. The NFC as a whole right now, they're I, they're like two games. They're one game from being like even with with teams uh, for a playoff spot. But uh, the teams that unfortunately that they would be even with have the tiebreaker against Carolina, like Washington and the Eagles and Minnesota. But mm-hmm. they're that's one game being even with them. Two games they would be in the playoffs. So if, if they can squeeze out two wins. Or uh, you know, obviously more than two, but and yeah. then like Minnesota, like Minnesota has a, a tough schedule coming up. The Eagles and have a tough schedule. To the Lions, so anybody can yeah. beat them. So like, absolutely. Well, it I is think, any given. I mean, any team can yeah. win on any side. I, I think that they, their playoff, playoff hopes are still alive, and that might just be me being um, a fan, just like not wanting to give up. But I think that you know, clearly they still have a shot at it, and if they can, like Greg said, go game by game and just fo- say focus in and like we got to win this week we got to win this week we got to win this week and just focus on what they're doing and not worry about outside noise like they could get into the playoffs and and 
I, I that's just that's just the way I'm thinking right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, let's let's get to the game this weekend. Carolina hosting Atlanta. You guys talked about they beat them away on the road in Atlanta. Now they're going to face them at home. Carolina hasn't won at home since week two. Somehow the Panthers are undefeated right now in the division. It's only they've only beaten the Saints and Falcons. But let's get your thoughts on this game this Sunday. Greg, we'll start with you. What do you think? Don't give us a prediction yet. We'll do that right at the end. But what what are your thoughts on this Atlanta matchup? I mean, I think we match up well with them. Uh, Calvin Ridley's not going to play again, so that takes a lot of speed off the field. Uh, we got to stick gauge, man. We got to we gotta stick gauge. Uh, stop the run, run the ball, play defense. I think Matt got one in him, you know, one interception in him <laughs> or a fumble or something. You know, uh, I like our chances, you know, it is Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? This is this is the one that you really gotta have to get the ball rolling. You know, if if we lose Matt Matt uh Matt Rule getting fired, man. <laughs> He's on board now, Bryson. He's jumping it, on it that. Could, it, it couldn't be better scripted. You gotta yeah. at least get the ball rolling with this one. You know, we're not gonna be mad if we go to Buffalo and lose. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're not gonna be upset. You know, it is what it is. But because the old line that we do have, but we can't beat Atlanta, man. After we already beat them, like you said, at yeah. at their place, at their place, we at home with we Sam home. Darnold. Yeah, with Sam Darnold, Cam. If yeah. you don't beat Atlanta, who won't be there? <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I I I like what Greg said. Yeah, I mean, we match up well against Atlanta. I think um, with Ridley being out, it makes it a lot easier for us. Uh, we don't have to worry about him. He's a very good wide receiver. Um, and, and they did good when we, when we played them, uh, matching up with Gage and, uh, that other guy, uh, I, Zacharis or whatever the hell that guy's name is, but, um, but yeah, I, I like our chances. Um, if they don't win, I also like the chances of Matt Rule being fired as well. Uh, but, but my, I'm just curious. I don't even know if, who would be the interim head coach. I don't think Phil Snow would, uh, would take it. I think he'd, he'd leave with his boy, but. Uh, that that that'd be an interesting situation there, but but yeah, uh, I, I think it's a good matchup. Uh, we've already beat them once at their place. Um, we should absolutely beat them again, and um, we will see. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a defensive just showdown between the two teams. I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. Atlanta struggled the past few weeks. I think the last four weeks they've scored like forty some points on offense combined that's not good at all so Carolina if their defense is going to show up I think they can really get to Matt Ryan and I think he I thought he had it I think he had a turnover too in that last game they played mm-hmm. so I think the the defensive line can get to them and play matchups going back to the Matt Rule thing before I forget because I didn't mention this on my long freaking answer but it took Matt Rule three seasons in Temple and Baylor I feel like Tepper that's his measuring stick and it should be kind of the measuring stick for this team. It, it feels like Matt rule has always been the third season. He's going to show out and the team's going to succeed. So I know fans are like, well, fuck that. We want it this year, but just to put that on, just to put that on the record, but I'll give my prediction. I'll go first this time. Again, I think it's going to be a low scoring defensive battle. It's going to be boring, run the rock football, 
And I, I just, I have, <laughs> I'm optimistic that this team can pull it off coming off the buy, firing the coach. I feel like some of these guys still have a lot to play for pride in itself. Brian Burns mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. I'll say 21, 17 Carolina wins. That's what I think I'm going to stick with. Yeah. Nah, fuck that. I, I think the Panthers are going to come out hot. Newton's going to come out hot. I think the defense is going to come out hot. Uh, I think that they blow the Falcons out coming off of a bye, get the ball rolling on the five-game win streak coming up, and uh, get a squeak into the playoffs, and then watch out from there. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think the Panthers beat the Falcons. Uh, really, though, I think they beat them 27-2. to I'll, I'll say 27-10. Oh, 17. Yep. That's bold. Greg? I'm going to say that the Panthers will win 20 to 10. Mm. Okay. 20 to 10. Guys, just to throw got, this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said I was going to say, I think I, I feel like they can score a garbage one, but it's going to be 20 to 3 for a while, and okay. then they, they might get them one. I see us can score a good two touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? And get in field goal range a couple times. So that's why I said it's I forgot and to mention this before we made predictions because this might change how you guys think. But for the superstitious people out there, the Panthers are wearing black jerseys on Sunday and they're 0 4 this year wearing them. So just we 5 and 1 in the all white. Why I know it. I, I was wearing that every game. Every, every game. game white pants, white jerseys. <laughs> yes. You can control what you wear at home. Now, when yeah. you go on the road, you got to wear the opposing colors or what they want to wear. But when you at home, you can wear whatever color you want. Yep. And you just got to see in Atlanta, like, yo, Atlanta, we wearing white, you know. Yeah. So, you know what I want to see? I want to see them bring out the color rush, man. They haven't they haven't played in the color rush uniforms in a while, dude. And I love white, those uniforms. White, we five and one. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, they need to be that. wearing white, man. I, I don't get it. I like those one unis that just gave the white with the gray pants. I think those look slick as hell, too. But. And we need to paint our end zones back black. We need yeah. to start that on Twitter, man, because they, they'll hear our voice if we, like, really every day with it. Man, yeah. paint the end zones black, man. They do need to do that, for sure. They need to yeah, do that. Yeah, Nicole, if you're still listening, hopefully you still are. <laughs> we, like, we like those black end zones back. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. I wanted to get you on. You are the official hype man, the super fan. We love having you, and we just appreciate it. Appreciate y'all for having me on, man. I enjoyed myself. It's been fun, Greg. You going to the game this weekend? Yeah, I'll be there. All righty. Hell yeah, man. We'll see you. We'll see you at the game then. All right. Later. Keep pounding. Yeah, keep Keep pounding. pounding. We just want to thank Greg Good Jr. again, a.k.a. Catman, for coming on in the Panthers on Tap podcast. Go give him a follow at Catman Jr. 87. He does a he's a great follow on Twitter. He also does giveaways, tickets, mm-hmm. um, merchandise, all that sort of thing. So if you're always if you're trying to catch a free game, you might get a chance if you follow him on Twitter. Just thank you again. Now let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, Curtis, um, this week I'm not drinking a local beer. It's actually a 
it's a brewery called Sweetwater, which is, you know, pretty popular, I guess, uh, Sweetwater Brewing Company. Um, I'm not sure where they're from. Oh, Atlanta, Georgia. So perfect for uh, our... Throw that shit out. Yeah, perfect for our opponents <laughs> uh, coming up this weekend. But it is Sweetwater Blue, and um, it is a bright blueberry flavor stacked on a light-bodied, tasty wheat ale for something that hits different. Slightly sweet, completely refreshing, a beer that cuts through the ordinary. Um, I've been sipping on this the whole time that we've been talking on the podcast today, and I did not want it to end. This is probably, I, I don't know if I can say this, but this might be the best beer I've ever had. I'm not really? Good. It is so good. Um, I've had Sweetwater, and I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Is that the one with the fish on it? Oh, that's a different Sweetwater one. Blue. Um, dude, it is, it is so good. It's like. Um, so it says smooth, fresh, all natural, bright. Like it's got a light, a very light blueberry flavor to it, but it's the wheat beer as well. And it's kind of like, um, kind of reminds me of the spotted cow that, that you brought from Wisconsin that it's, it's like, it, I don't know. It's like creamy kind of, so yeah, it, it's okay. just like so good. And I, I love it. And I am definitely buying more and I highly recommend it. Well, that does sound like a good one. I'll have to snag one from you. I, I don't know if I've ever done this beer on this show, but if I did, I apologize. I'm not doing a North Carolina beer. I'm going to my roots in Wisconsin. I have some Lion Kugel Summer Shandy left that have been sitting out in my garage forever. So I don't even know if this is even drinkable, but I did anyway. I, it's a good beer. If you ne- you've never <laughs> had Summer Shandy. It's a great summer beer on a hot day, 80 degrees and drinking it ice cold. A lot of people will say, why the hell are you drinking it now? Well, it was the only one I had in there and I'm going for it, but you can find this. Um, it's in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. I think they also have uh, a brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and also, I guess, Fort Worth, Texas. So Lining Kugel, not Lining Kugels is a great, they got a lot, a ton of beers. So they don't sell a lot around here because it is up, up in the Midwest, but you can catch you can find this at any grocery store or gas station. 4.2% alcohol, very light beer, great summer beer. Go give it a try. Summer shandy. Well, we just want to thank you all for listening to our episode on the Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcast. Go follow us on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 